My Legal Club provides full legal support when you require it. Enjoy savings and rewards all year round when you don't. You do not need to be a member of My Legal Club to benefit from free legal advice from our highly recommended specialist solicitors. When you or a loved one requires legal advice and a solicitor, we can help you in every area of law. We also offer a unique alternative. Sign up to our free trial and you will receive up to 25% off legal fees, 15% off legal documents, £20 restaurant vouchers for leading UK restaurants, savings and rewards with leading UK brands, a free online will, free dash cam and much, much more. As an example of how we help our members, they have saved on average over £500 plus by using My Legal Club for personal injury claims compared to many solicitors who deduct 25% of your compensation. If you or a loved one needs legal support, contact us at mylegalclub.co.uk for free consultations and no obligation quotes with highly recommended solicitors. Sign up to our free trial to receive all the free discounts and our membership benefits. Welcome to the MLC Show in association with the Business Services Club. I am Sean Rogers, your host. I'm delighted to be joined by George Cunningham, business coach and principal NLP trainer. We are going to talk to you today about time management and really mastering your time and trying to squeeze out of that time what really matters. Um, George, hello. Hello. Can you give us a bit of background uh, on your, your business life, your corporate life and obviously the principal NLP trainer role? Yeah, sure. Um, my, my business and corporate life, I spent a lot of time in uh, sales, in uh, firstly the agricultural industry and then the pharmaceutical industry, and then moved from uh, sales into to head office roles. And I was CRM manager for Bayer UK, which is Customer Relationship Management Systems Manager. And uh, that was a, a fantastic role, but really full on. And that was, that was actually where I first came across NLP. And I began utilising a few of the ideas and the communication uh, suggestions from NLP in my communications with the field force. And found it tremendously useful. It just made such a difference to the way that we communicated. That sparked me interest and I took it further and further and became an NLP trainer back in 2006. And we've been delivering NLP trainings in Liverpool and around the UK ever since. Fantastic. We, I know myself time management. You know, yeah. um, It's probably one of the most important things for everybody. We, on social media, on videos, on podcasts, there's a lot of people that talk about their successes. It might yeah. be weight loss, it might be uh, business success, uh, it might be whatever it be. I don't think there's enough people who say, this is where I struggled mm -hmm. and I found things difficult, hence me putting in the right strategies. Yeah. You know, I wasn't yeah. born with the ability to be, whatever, amazing at business yeah. or to be able to suddenly lose a load of weight and keep it <laughs> off or to yeah. eat dead healthy. Um, could you give us some examples where in your personal or your business life you struggled with time management? Oh, crikey, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was, uh, as I say, seconded into office in uh, 1998, we had a very, very young family. In fact, it, we had uh, our first um, was just over one years old, and um, I was working away from home. So that was okay in a way in that... You didn't um, have to do all the night feeds. I didn't have to do all the <laughs> night feeds, and um, I, I could put all the hours in that were necessary because it was a very, very big project. 
Um, but as time went on, uh, I realised that actually I was putting the work ahead of the family and uh, did that role for three years. Loved the role, um, but it wasn't, it, you know, the work-life balance just was not there. And uh, in essence, what I began doing was, was realising that I was, I was putting too much time into, uh, into the work and not spending any time on myself or, or what was really valuable to me, to my family. Um, so to get the balance right, I looked at ways of uh, adjusting my working week, adjusting um, the way that I worked so that I could be more efficient in the office and then when I was at home at the weekends uh, with the children and, and, and my wife, and then we were full on there as well. So, you know, it's really important that we do recognise that balance and actually question ourselves and say to ourselves, what is most valuable for us? Because here I am, 20 years down the line, I'm no longer working at that company. Uh, I mean, you could cut me through here and it would still say Bayer all the way through. <laughs> uh, but I'm no longer working with Bayer, but I'm working for myself. And of course, the most important thing is that I'm still there with the family, the family's still around us, uh, and we've raised three fantastic adults. Uh, yeah, I think everyone can probably <clears throat> sympathise with it. I mean, I think the pressures that we all put ourselves under um, nowadays are phenomenal, and certainly myself, you know, I know I struggled with it. You know, subconsciously, you kind of, you want to be a super parent, yeah, yeah. Um, you want to eat healthy, you want to work out, you want to be a fantastic partner, yeah. um, you want to have this perfect career, yeah. you want to earn gazillions and millions and billions, um, you want to have the perfect finances, you want a beautiful house and then you want a bigger house and then you want better holidays yeah. and you want to see your friends and you want to have your hobbies and then you need to sleep Yeah, <laughs> and you, you put all that in place and it's also it's very rare that all of them things are going well. Um, so I know that I struggle with that massively, you know, for the, for the benefit of the listeners, you know, I, I engage George on a personal basis. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed working with George over the years and he's really helped me massively. Um, would you be able to take us through some of the examples I've just given there in terms of how can people put together a plan and a strategy? What should that plan or strategy um, be? I think the most important thing is to, to take stock of where you are at the moment and have a long-term vision. So perfect now, we're in uh, 2020, we've just started the, the, the decade. And uh, some people, in, in my experience, some people don't have any plans whatsoever for, their, for the year ahead or the month ahead even. Um, I think it's really important for a balanced life actually to have a vision for 2030. Where do you want to be 10 years from now? What do you want to be actually achieving? What do you want to be doing? What is going to be most important for you at that point? Because if you've got young kids, we only borrow children. We borrow them for maybe 18, 20 years. That's all we have with them. And then they go off and they become adults themselves. They're still around, hopefully, but you know, we only have a few years with them. So I think it's really important to, to get the balance right and to, to work out what is important for yourself. So to think about the, um, the personal life, you know, where would you want to be 10 years from now, that's 2030, with the personal life? Where do you want to be in terms of the career 10 years from now or the business, whatever it happens to be? What are those medium to long-term goals? 
And the great thing about that is that it gives you somewhere to focus on. It gives you somewhere that you know you're on a direction towards. Um, and I think that's, that's really important. So it's really key to have that 2030 vision. That's the, the big goal, shall we say. Then we need to do a reality check. Where are we now in relationship to that goal? Um, you know, are we close to it? Are we miles away from it? Where is the, the balance right? Where are we out of balance? There's all sorts of different ways of looking at that. Um, we can do the wheel of life thing. We've been through and looked at that various aspects of our life and worked out where we want to be, where we're not, and how we can adjust that so we can focus our attention where it needs to be. Once we've understood the reality, we need to then think about the obstacle analysis. What is in the way of getting us towards that goal, of actually achieving that bigger vision? When we look at that obstacle analysis, you know, it may be, um, you know, it, it could be around the career, it could be uh, looking at the, the reach into the marketplace, for example, of a fledgling business. How are you going to, uh, to, to reach further into the market? And maybe this is, this is what we're doing here. Um, it could be, could be any other things. It could be you know, money to invest in the business or whatever. But once we understand the obstacle analysis, we can then work out and identify the very next steps that we can take that will take us towards that goal. So these are the, the very short-term things that we can do. We've got the big long-term vision, 2030 vision. We've got the next steps that we can take in the next couple of days, the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months that will take us towards that. And I think that is, that's key to success in all areas of, of our lives, basically. That changed, <clears throat> that certainly changed my life and the way I do things, not just in my personal life, but certainly in my business life. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of, you know, there'll be people listening to this now, whether you're um, a business administrator, whether yeah. you're a business operator, whether mm -hmm. you're a business owner, whether it's just for your own personal life. Um, I was just on automatic pilot. And the mm -hmm. irony was something like this is, if I'm listening yeah. to this cold, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, okay, so you're doing a show on time management yeah. and what you're saying is I need to spend more time that I haven't got on doing a plan and a strategy yeah. when I haven't got the time already. Yeah. No way am I doing that. Yeah. What I found is that by writing down your key goals, mm -hmm. not just long-term, but actually in the short-term, yeah. then you've got that immediate focus and then... Um, as much as people hate a to-do list, so to speak, you then can start planning. Yeah. So that I think what I was doing was getting up in the mornings on automatic pilot and I was just firefighting through the day yeah. of whatever yeah. the needs of work in the main was, yeah. whatever the needs of my family and friends were. Um, and I was probably starting the day at six out of ten and yeah. life was beating me down to one. Yeah. So what one of the key things that changed for me was finding a point in time was probably Sunday evenings for me, um, where I can go, right, okay, what are my actual key goals, like yeah, you've just yeah. said there, long term, yeah. and where does that actually fit in in the next week or two? Yeah. As simple as that. And as an example, it might be, right, okay, my main goal, what are the needs of the kids? How can I yeah. be? A, and I'm almost embarrassed to say this, that you have to lock these things in, mm. but I found that if I don't lock them in and properly focus on them, I don't do a lot of these things naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Some people may do, but for mm. me, a lot of it just does not come naturally. So as an example, I would write down, um, be a great dad and try mm. and meet the needs of my kids. Yeah. 
how am I going to eat as healthy as I can to mm-hmm. make sure that I've got the energy and hopefully live as long as I can for their benefit yeah. as much as my own. Yeah. Um, working out, both mm-hmm. for the physical and mental benefits of that. Um, and then what do I need to do in the mornings to make sure that I'm starting the day at 10 out of 10? So if life yeah. beats me yeah. down yeah. by four or five points, I'm at a six or a five, <laughs> or I'm not even running to a minus yeah. like I once did. And then I would look at my weekly um, diary and lock in. Yeah the appointments, the things that can't be moved. Yeah. And then go, okay, around those things that can't be moved. Yeah. What can I fit in? What do I do that meets all of them goals and yeah. needs? And I found that way that when you look back on it a week later, you can go, right, as an example, people listening to this might go, right, okay, well, I want to have a, a passionate relationship with my mm-hmm. partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to eat healthy. I want to work out. I want to be a great parent. Um, and... You know, career-wise, as an example, my long-term goal is yeah. I want to learn new skills, I want to yeah. get promoted, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But actually in this week, what are the things that move you along? What yeah. are the bricks in the wall that move yeah. you along nearer that goal? And I think if you lock them things in, and then mm-hmm. I have that sort of diary, if you like, Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. um, it is funny the first time you do it because you are yeah. like, this is taking me forever. But the thing <laughs> is... You, and it's supposed to be a yeah. time management and goals tool yeah. it's not just time yeah. management. It's, I'm not trying to say you free up time. I'm trying to say that you squeeze out of that time what really matters. And, you know, there's that age-old adage, if you want something done, you ask a busy man. Or woman, actually, <laughs> as the case may be. It's probably more appropriate. Um, but that, I think, is, is a key thing there. We can find the time to do the things that we really want to do. It's actually recognising that some of the things that we really want to do are probably not worth doing. We're changing our focus to something that actually isn't really that appropriate. Um, And I think that whole idea about spending some time on planning and strategically looking at what we're doing, you know, we can find time to do that. If you don't find time to do that, then you bumble along, you end up getting overwhelmed, and you just need to make sure that you've got really great life insurance. Because, <laughs> you know, you're not working for yourself. You're, not, you're working for your life insurance to pay for the kids when you die. And that is, in essence, what it comes down to. And, you know, you've really got to stop, take stock for a minute, and say, what are the things that are really valuable to me? If I really want to be here for the kids, you know, I've got to start planning, I've got to start taking stock and working out what is the most important thing to do. It's like that American um, phrase, mistaken movement for achievement. Um, You know, the plan and the strategy is absolutely vital. Uh, I know when I was operating on automatic pilot, it was a bit like someone running east looking for a sunset. I was working dead hard, I was trying my hardest, but wasn't really getting anywhere. In some ways, getting further away from where I actually needed and wanted to be. So I think, you know, it's like anything in life. I suppose throw the rock, see where it lands. Yeah. Start from where you are. Yeah. Um, And I think even if you think of a protractor, Mm -hmm. if you move the degrees slightly, yeah. Every day, every week, every month, every year, instead of ending up in Plymouth, you're going to end up in Edinburgh potentially. Absolutely. So, but it doesn't happen overnight. I know that one of the biggest problems I have in my life actually is that. I like to complete things. So one of the biggest yeah. problems is when you've got them plates to spin, when you can't get it done, it's understanding for me that you can chip away at that and lay the bricks. Yeah. And that's what you have to do day by day, week by week. The only thing I can think of is when my house is dead messy, as an example, yeah. and I've got yeah. to tidy the whole thing. It feels yeah. like Mount Everest. We've just had Christmas. Chris, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. 
Um, and it's little and often. Yeah. And if you lay the bricks brick by brick, yeah. you'll end up with a fantastic wall. Yeah. Easier said than done. Yeah. But that's why you're here, yeah. to make it a little, a bit, little easier. bit easier to do, yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I, th I think we all have the, the desire to complete and finish things. No pressure, by the way, George. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all, have, we all have a desire to complete and finish things. And uh, that does or can skew our focus at work. Because if we look at the tasks we've got available or the things that we need to do in the day, the week, the month ahead, we look at the tasks and we'll people will often choose the easiest to complete because it gives us a bit of gratification. You know, it gives a clear bit an email. Absolutely, clearing emails, uh, dealing with the junk or whatever. Um, so if we can do those little things, that makes us feel good. But that actually isn't necessarily where the biggest shift occurs. That isn't where we get the biggest gains. Um, and I think it's really important taking stock of what is the most important thing to do. Now, we've spoken before about uh, Stephen Covey and his uh, seven habits of highly successful people. And I think one of the things that um, I always recommend to clients is to look at the, the next steps they've got in terms of their goals, to look at the, the week ahead, to look at the day ahead, to look at all the tasks they need to complete and to categorise them. And we categorise them in terms of how important are they, either for us or for the business, and how urgent are they. And some things are really important and really urgent for us, and they're the things that you know have to be done. But actually, that isn't necessarily where we want to be spending most of our time. The really important stuff is the stuff that is very important but non-urgent. This is where we're working on the business rather than in the business. The A quadrant, urgent and important, is working in the business. That's stuff that needs to be done. The less, less urgent stuff, the really important stuff, this is your B quadrant, this is the planning, the strategic uh, thinking, the uh, the long-term um, planning that we need to do or the long-term um, things that we need to do within the business. This is where if we spend our time on that, life becomes a lot easier. If we leave those things to one side and we focus our attention elsewhere, these will become urgent. They're still important, but they're going to become urgent. And then, of course, we have the things that are not important to us but actually are really urgent for somebody else. So, for example, if you're the only person in the office that can change the toner on the laser printer or whatever, uh, and it's run out of, out of uh, toner, and somebody comes up and says, you know, Sean, how the hell do you change this toner? And you know how to do it. Not important for you. It is for somebody else, and it's really urgent for somebody else. This is a C task. Um, so it's, it's urgent but not important. Um, so these are the distractions we get sort of dragged off to do something else. Um, and then we do have the D quadrant, which is, is the distractions. These are the, the likes of, dare I say it, because we're doing a podcast and a, uh, here. Um, this is your YouTube videos and your podcasts, I'm afraid. You know, sometimes they are in the D quadrant, um, although they can be important to actually uh, spend some time and, and listen to those. Um, so these are the distractions, the, the YouTube cat videos and stuff like that. What are you thinking? If you're looking at them at work, what are you thinking? Um, so those are the things that we need not be focusing our attention on at all. 
Um, but we need to, I suppose, really look at some uh, simple strategies that we can use on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, we all receive emails, and we talked earlier on about emails. And uh, one of our clients uh, many years ago, he, he was telling us he, he received something like 2,000 emails a day, every single day. Um, he works at one of the local universities. He's, he's competing with me, though. And he's getting... <laughs> Absolutely. When he, when he said about tooth, I was like, are you joking? He's like, no, 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 no. I, I'm the student liaison officer, he said, and I just get tons of emails every single day. He says, at the end of the day, I've got maybe seven or eight emails in the inbox. I was blown away. I thought, how do you do that? And he just said, quite simple, he says, I use the three Ds, which is delete, delegate, and do. He says, most of the emails I get are purely for oh, this is just to let you know, purely for interest. I don't need to know. Delete. Some of them are requests for information, so it's, you know, it's not stuff that he can do. He has to pass it over to somebody else, so it's delegate. Get really used to delegating. If you've got a team around you, get used to delegating and delegate as much as you can and thank them for doing it. Always a good thing. Then, of course, it comes down to the things that we have to do. We're the only people that can do it, so we're responsible for doing it. And those are the do's. And out of his 2,000 emails a day, there was maybe 20, 30 that he would have to actually action and do anything about. Um, I was just blown away by the quantity of work coming in. Yeah, the, problem, the problem that I had was I was, I was spending <coughs> my time in quadrant A, yeah. quadrant C, in, mm. in sort of my work life. And the problem is, if you don't spend enough time in Quadrant B, so yeah. without talking in Quadrants and making this a Quadrant show, yeah. um, I think actually that it's hard by taking a step back, looking at your goals, like we talked about in, the, in part mm -hmm. one of the first show, um, if you can prepare your business in such a way that the onboarding, that the training, that the business culture, mm -hmm. uh, even if you're a business operator, you play a big role in yeah. this in terms yeah. of helping create your own culture. Yeah and contributing to this, in that you then have less of quadrant C. You yeah. have less of people coming to you needing mm. that help and support. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you do, the chances are that it's less panicked. Yeah. It's less last minute. Yeah. Um, and I think the problem then is then I found that when I got into my personal life, when we're finished or whatever mm. times they were, I just wanted to be in quadrant D. Yeah. And that's not healthy. Yeah. And it, it's weird saying this because we all know it, but I genuinely have to focus on this now because because my life went wrong, if you like, in so many ways. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you go to restaurants yeah. and you'll see families and everyone's on the phone. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, you, I can yeah. imagine that people come home and there's not a passionate, fun embrace with their loved partner. Yeah. It's like two ships passing in the night. Yeah. And then, with the phone. <laughs> yeah, with a phone and yeah. yeah. And then, you know, TV, you, there's so many distractions to give you that sort of escape, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. And I think that, that bleeds on to our next thing, which is execution mm -hmm. and undistracted focus in that. That's been one of the key things for me in that I, I heard about a New York CEO who basically said, I do not have an email app on my phone, mm -hmm. got rid of it. Yep. I literally check emails at a, a part of the morning and part of the evening, mm -hmm. and I will not get involved in them during the day. Yeah. And um, what I then tried to adopt in my sort of weekly strategy is looking at my long-term goals, looking mm -hmm. at the short-term goals, making sure that all the things important to me have some time allotted. And yeah. it's embarrassing to say, but I would lock in that diary, right? Phone off, yeah. bedtime stories with the kids. Yeah. And ashamed to say in yeah. a way that 
because yeah. of work mm. and calls and other things, I didn't do that anywhere yeah. nearly enough yeah. as, as what I should have done. Yeah. And by locking in the key things, that was massive for me. But yeah. also the key thing was going, right, okay, um, between, say, 9 and 11, yeah. I would have the A time that you refer to, yeah. and that would be no emails, no yeah. TV, no music, no phone, yeah. no breaks. I'm literally going to blitz undistracted focus and concentration. And what I found was the amount that you can achieve in that eight-hour window, say yeah. nine to five, mm-hmm. was absolutely enormous. Because in the past, what I was doing was every phone call wouldn't duck a call. Yeah. Every email wouldn't duck an email. Yeah. And then they mount up. Every person in quadrant C who needed me help. Yeah would never say no. Probably yeah. dead grumpy, by the way, and helping them, yeah. but would, would, yeah. would do it. And then you get home that night, and you can get home, and that's what we mean, mistake, movement for achievement. Yeah. I can get home and go, wow, in terms of goals, what have I actually done? Yeah. And I think, I've done a lot of stuff in the day. Yeah, I've been really busy. <laughs> but I haven't actually achieved any goals. 100%. And then we get home, and unfortunately, because we're wrung out, and I used to get this working away down in Newbury, coming back at the weekend you'd come out you know you'd be back at the weekend wrung out like a wet dish rag and the people that are most important to us in life don't get the best of us yeah everyone yeah that's the key thing a lot of people treat strangers a hell of a lot better than you treat actually your loved ones and the people that matter that's probably one for another show in the work life, no matter what role you've got in a business, it is you could be working open plan yeah. with two screens in front of you, yeah. phones ringing, yeah. calls coming into you, um, emails popping up in the bottom right yeah. corner. Yeah. If you think about it in that context, and your mobile phone sort of secretly under the table, <laughs> um, then you've got to fit in your lunch hour. Yeah. Then you've got the, you know, it is difficult in those circumstances, but it is doable. And yeah. I think I would recommend highly to everyone that every single day, and if you're a, a you know a business operator or business yeah. administrator, I would speak to the people at work to try and figure out a way where even in the daytime you can divert the calls for two hours of course you can. to very cheaply to alternative providers, yeah. and you can have an office where for two three hours a day, at the least, everybody can be working with no distractions on exactly yeah. what they need. And do you know what, you can free up other time in the day yeah. for yeah. them emails, them callbacks, etc. Depending on what sector and business you're in, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Undistracted focus, George, What, how important is it and what are your tips for assisting with that, both in your personal life and, and business? I think the undistracted focus is absolutely vital and we've all had that totally undistracted focus. You know, you, you, even kids that are, are supposedly ADHD, uh, I'm sorry, I don't agree that they've got attention deficit disorder because when you look at them playing their video game or whatever it happens to be that they're engrossed in, their whole focus is on what they love doing. And you could be calling them for tea, you know, Johnny, come for tea, Johnny, come for tea. And you know, their focus is so intense. Now, if they can do that, we can do that. We need to get rid of those distractions. We need to allow ourselves the freedom to do that. And a really simple way, I suppose, is if you cast your mind back to when you've had that sort of focus yourself, totally focused on something. If you were, for example, at a, at a football match, you know, would it be fair to say that you're, you're looking around going, oh, look at the birds, look at the... No, you're not. You're oh, Donald Trump, if I'm Anfield, Donald Trump can press the red button, I'm paying no attention. <laughs> a missile could come over Anfield and... Exactly, oblivious. exactly. So, you know, we know how to do this. This is something that we love doing, something that we enjoy. This is, this is, this is real focus. 
It's finding the way that you do that, the feeling that you get with that focus. It's the mindset you have focused on the match, focused on the ball, focused on the play, whatever it happens to be, and transferring that to what you need to focus it on. And there are ways of doing that, a little bit more complex to do it than here in front of the camera, but there's simple ways to do that, to bring that focus to where it needs to be in your work, or if it's in the evening, reading the kids a bedtime story, you know, be there at the party. There's a, an old uh, phrase, if you're gonna be at the party, be at the party. Um, this is what you're referring to when you see couples, you know, sitting around or in a, in a restaurant, families, and they're all on the phone. Nobody's at the party. They're all elsewhere. If you're going yeah. to be at the party, be at the party. That's exactly, that, that really helped me. I would go, right, I'm locking in. When the kids are in bed yeah. um, or I've got some free time, you know, later on in the evening, I will have half an hour, 45 minutes, catching yeah. up on football news or hobbies yeah. or whatever yeah. it be or something yeah. that, that would be... But yeah, I'd lock in that, it sounds awful, I'd lock in that playtime with yeah. the kids and taking them out and turning that phone um, off. So if you can't get hold of me and George and our yeah. phones are always off in the future, you, yeah. you now know a lot of the reasons why we're not just ignoring you. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things, which I'd love some quick guidance on from yeah. you, is maintaining this plan, this strategy. Let's say people are listening to this and they're going okay, whether it's working out more, yeah. whether it's a combination of that and eating healthy, yeah. whether it's putting in a great routine, whether going, okay, I, I want a really passionate, loving relationship, that's my goal. Yeah. What does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah. How do I actually make that, in, make that what I do? I always find what happens is when spring becomes summer, mm -hmm. in a seasonal context, yeah. we all get complacent. Yeah. And what happens is we all then take for granted whatever that habit or skill is, and mm -hmm. then we potentially stop doing it. Yeah. And then we forget that winter is always coming and it might yeah. be problems in your, your career, it might be problems in your personal life. Mm -hmm. Winter comes for us all. You know, yeah. We hate to say it, but yeah. all of us are going to suffer at some point in time bereavement. Mm -hmm. You're not going to work at the same place forever. No. Rules can change. Yeah. Businesses can fail. You can leave that job. Um, hate it, but it, it's not always up to you whether you get divorced or not. There's another yeah. party that has a say in these kind of things. Um, and like you said, your kids don't stay the same age no. forever. You no. know, whilst they crave you for a certain number of years, it flips around and you'll be craving their attention yeah. later down the yeah. line. How do you put in place these good habits? But when, how do you maintain them in the long term, year on year? I think one of the most important ways to do that is actually accountability to yourself. Or maybe, if you need to, accountability to somebody else. So planning those goals on paper, having those targets that you want to meet. Um, we know about SMART goals, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and timed. Uh, there's a reason why they're called that, SMART goals, is because they're actually quite smart to have those goals in place. And the thing there is about the being timed. So we know that we've got to have achieved a certain thing by a certain time. Now, if we plan our year ahead, you know, I want to be this weight by then, we've got to take into account that it'll take a while to get there. So in the next couple of weeks or so, for example, if, I'm, if I want to lose a stone, and I probably could do with losing a stone, um, then I'm probably going to be two or three pound lighter next week. It's not a massive amount, but it's on the, w on the way towards where I want to be. Somewhere along the line, I will reach my goal of being a stone lighter. Um, then I've got to keep in mind that achievement of that goal and keep that in place 
for the coming months, the coming years, to maintain that. And there's, you know, it, it, it's, I suppose, planning it out. It's writing these goals down. It's having a vision board. It's actually having things that fixed in the diary, locked in in the diary, um, that will keep us on track. And that is really important. Yeah, I used to have two <coughs> issues with that in that I would sometimes see Mount Everest, if you like, and go, well, I can't climb yeah. that. That's too far, too, too hard, too many little baby yeah. steps to do it. And the second thing was when that progress wasn't linear. So yeah. you'd have speed bumps, you'd have knockbacks, yeah. you'd have yeah. failures, you'd have that weekend blowout and yeah. put more weight on, as an example. Yeah. You'd go away and have two weeks where you haven't gone to the gym. So if you yeah. go back, you probably can't do what you did do, these yeah. kind of things. Um, I heard a fantastic story about Will Smith where his, his father knocked down this wall yeah. and said to Will Smith and his brother, you're building a wall and every, I'm going to inspect every brick. And he didn't yeah. need this wall, it was completely yeah. pointless. It took them over a year and yeah. they literally did it brick, brick by brick every night. Yeah. And in the end they had this incredible wall yeah. and that was really the metaphor that he was looking for. Yeah. And that really struck a chord with me and I think the main thing for people I think mm. to whatever habits you're trying to get into in work or mm. um, in your personal life, one, the worst bit of it's probably going to be the start. Yeah. So accept yep. that. Yep. Secondly, accept that it's brick by brick. Mm -hmm. And I think the key thing is never underestimate how positive an impact progress has on you. Yeah. So as an, if you have got to climb Mount Everest, yeah. I, I haven't. Yeah. But I imagine if you interview people who've got 10% of the way up, they're yeah. feeling pretty good about themselves. Yeah, if you're saying someone might have to lose a stone, I'd imagine once they've lost two pounds, they feel brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, the issue is, You've got to expect and anticipate the knockbacks yeah. where you might lose a couple yeah. of pounds or yeah. whatever. As I say, things aren't always linear. Um, and the data out there says that a good habit can take, what, 66 days to 254 before it becomes right. a proper habit, I would yeah. say. I would say, actually, you, know, you, you, can, you can put a really good habit in much quicker um, by rehearsing it in your mind. And doing it again and again and again. And there's a little um, anecdote actually. Um, uh, Richard Bandler, who's creator of NLP, his um, his son uh, got uh, I think it was poison ivy or poison oak um, brushed against this plant when they were on holiday. And you come out in a nasty rash. It's really really quite quite unpleasant. And they went to see the doctor, and the doctor said, "Oh, it's going to take two weeks. You're just going to have to live with it for two weeks." Now, Richard's attitude to this is basically he has a healthy disrespect for doctors and some of the nonsense that they say. I'm not saying they all say nonsense, but some of them. And uh, he said to his son, OK, brought him home and said, OK, what are we going to do over the next two weeks? Plan it out in detail the next week, the next day, the next hours. You know. And he got him to do that again and again and again over a period of about an hour to think about all the things that were going to be happening in the next two weeks so that actually it didn't last two weeks. It didn't have to have that problem for two weeks. I think it was about three or four days when it had completely gone uh, because he got him to, into the habit where he could convince his unconscious mind, for want of a better term, uh, that it was getting better and that it had actually dealt with all of this uh, poison oak. And the same thing happens with those targets that we set ourselves. If we practice them again and again and again in our mind, 
Um, it's like, it, it's basically it's meditation. Um, we know the little story about Gandhi who um, sort of turned around and said, I've got a really, really busy day today. I'm going to have to meditate twice as long. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you, want, <laughs> if you want something doing, you need to take a little bit of time out for yourself to recharge the batteries, to clear the mind, to download everything and start again with more focus. Um, again, there's a story of uh, Emperor Hirohito in Japan who had every single moment of his day um, planned, you know, every single five minutes, every ten minutes, was, you know, it was just planned throughout the day. And one particular day he was brought to uh, a fantastic temple where he was going to meet the monks who ran the temple. And when his delegation arrived, they arrived, there was no monk to be seen. No one was there. And so Emperor Hirohito just stood there in this beautiful temple, admiring the temple. All of his aides were panicking, running around like headless chickens trying to find these monks. At the end of the ten minutes, when they had to move on, they still hadn't found these monks. And one of his aides comes up, comes up and says, Look, I'm really sorry, we're going to have to go to our next appointment, kind of thing. Emperor Hirohito turns to him and says, uh, I very much enjoyed this visit. Please schedule me another one tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is brilliant. And, you know, I think to add to that, yeah. there are ways of doing so, a lot of meditation thought process whilst yeah. doing other things. It could be yeah. the commute to work. It could be just before you go to bed. Absolutely. It could be whilst you're in the shower. So it's not yeah. taking up additional yeah. time. And I think the other thing is, if your goal's focused and, and they're the things that you want in your life, do you know what? You're not going to get them all yeah. necessarily. And you're not always going to have them all, all of the time, yeah. potentially. But even if you only get 20 to 40% of the things done, Mm -hmm. during that week yeah you've contributed say you want to go to the yeah. gym six times and you've locked that in but you go three yeah it's not a failure you've yeah. probably gone more times than if you'd have just been acting on automatic pilot Absolutely. and hadn't looked at your goals your yeah. strategies and put in place yeah. some kind of plan so don't be upset if you can't yeah. stick to these religiously because yeah. you know it's like i think you told me the story about al gore when he's like look i can't fit anything yeah. in my daddy's fault yeah. son's in a road crash all of a sudden that daddy goes right out of the window Absolutely. And sometimes life takes over so yeah Thank you so much, George. Yeah. I mean, if I can just add one little point here, and that is, yeah, it's great to have all these goals, etc., and plans, etc. Also, cut yourself a little bit of slack, because if you find at the end of the week you haven't achieved everything, it doesn't matter. There's still next week. The important thing is that you spend your time with the people that you want to spend time with, and you're not just working for the life insurance. Indeed, and thank you so much, George. Um, thank you for listening. Um, remember to share on social media uh, the MLC show and the podcast um, check out the businessservicesclub.co.uk um, it's free to access and if you're interested in receiving any uh, business coaching or personal support please get in touch with us we offer a whole range of other services to support you and your business um, stay well everybody take care and see you next week the business services club is a unique business to business brokerage when you need a service for your business or you want to compare your existing business Get in touch for free and no obligation quotes. We have created a specialist panel of commercial partners to support your every business need. We will provide you with free and no obligation quotes via the free to access business services club. As an example, you may need EL, PL or professional indemnity insurance quotes, forensic accountants, self-employed bookkeeping, funding, working capital, interest only lending with no personal guarantees, employment and HR support, web development, training, legal advice, 
or even online marketing. No matter what you and your business require, we will meet your needs. Free up precious time researching and analysing new or existing outsourced partners via our one-stop business solution. See how we can help you and your business via businessservicesclub.co.uk.